Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham. And with me, and I should have asked you how to pronounce your name. I'm going to mispronounce it real quick. Mauro Fro. Fro? That's that's the best try a foreigner ever attempted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How <laughs> you doing? Frau, but yeah, it sounds good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So this is the part of the podcast where I ask our guests, which is yourself, uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, where you are right now, where you're heading. All right. Okay. So um, I'm originally from Italy. Uh, I've been around uh, the planet, uh, mainly working on VFX, uh, been bouncing sometimes back and forth uh, between game industry and movie industry. And uh, yes, I in the last five years, uh, yeah, I've been back to Europe. And I set up this studio called Treehouse Ninjas to, with my friend Zoltan. And uh, we just tried basically it's just a gathering of people that uh, have been around a lot and sort of tired of working on like huge corporate environments and would like to do something independent uh, but still high quality and uh, and so we thought we would go for something a bit special uh, to stand out and uh, so we, we try to 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 approach our projects with making the most of these hybrid backgrounds that we have, because we have 50% movie industry people, 50% game industry people in terms of backgrounds. And uh, so that's, I think, what makes us special. And uh, we had the fortune to work on very cool franchises and lots of interesting stuff and develop our own uh, approach to our project and gain some uh, reputability, let's say. Uh, It's still a small studio. And uh, so I guess that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I was first introduced uh, with the talk that you did uh, back in 2017. Uh, I, I believe the title was Convergence of Movies and Games. And it's a trend mm-hmm. that I've largely seen. I, I think the, the, the beginnings of it was kind of like what you guys were doing with Unity, uh, where you're using game engines to kind of make these great uh, short films, basically, uh, all real time. And, uh, and since then, uh, I think, uh, a lot of your prophecy was, is becoming true, uh, more than ever. Now, I I think a little background for listeners out there, you know, Mandalorian famously is using virtual backgrounds. All right. Of course it kind of started in, in garage, smaller studio settings, but now it's like on the grand stage of, ILM, right? And, and now that's that process of using engine um, real-time effects uh, on sets uh, is kind of branching out to other Star Wars uh, TV shows that they have planned. Uh, we're, we're talking about Marvel movies now using the same technique like Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So we're, we're seeing a lot of these uh, other industry folks um, starting to utilize the advantages of 
uh, real-time engines in the uh, immediate uh, response, I think, <laughs> with the workflow. Did you, ex of course, you expected this to happen. Do you expect it to happen this this quickly? Was it on, on par of what you were thinking was going to happen with everyone kind of wanting in in this workflow? I would say, I would say pretty much yes. Uh Yes. I mean, it was about time, to be honest, like for all of us old VFX people, we have so many memories of not having a clue of what we're doing in like uh, having to uh, use our experience by to visualize what we're doing because all we see are wireframes and like previews uh, of very complex scenes, uh, maybe through proxies and whatnot. And then having to put huge renders uh, on render farms uh, to hope that everything is okay in the morning after. Uh, and so uh, looking at around 2014, 2015, you know, when there was a big VR boom and at the same time you would see uh, the first very convincing experiments uh, out of Unreal, but out of Unity and out of uh, also the, the several games uh, that was starting to give these clues of like, yes, this is actually happening. Like this, there is a light transmission accuracy that is starting to be very convincing. Uh, it's not quite as like in offline rendering, but the projection is, is getting there. And so that obviously created a lot of buzz uh, in the VFX industry instantly thinking, you know, and like, like fantasizing about when this whole thing about not being able to see real time, all the changes, uh, will actually, you know, when, when these things will change because obviously, you know, politically and, and, or in terms of organization it's really hard to, um, uh, interact and the, you know, the movie industry is very layered, so you don't get a shot approved uh, on the go. Uh, it, it goes through several reviewing processes and sometimes uh, you might get uh, a lot of work uh, reshuffled by the final voice coming out from the movie director and for a small tiny ch camera change and that would generate lots of uh, repercussions downstream um, when things can be visualized real time obviously that changes everything and you know a lot of nightmares are now in the past you know, I think at first um we were starting to see that I have a lot of friends and I'm sure you probably have a lot of mutual friends that like studios like third floor, you know, they're, they're kind of famous for pre-vising. And mm -hmm. I think really early on, maybe 2016, 2015, they were using game engines to help with the previs uh, and, and skipping the whole Meyer process. Right. And now we're, we're starting that transition with Mandalorian using it as background drafts uh, for, for their sets. Um, yeah. And that, then that, that's an extra thing. Yeah. Yeah. And since, so obviously the next question would be, you know, it's only a matter of time that the uh, real-time effects or real-time backdrops will we'll start getting more, more and more closer in the front <laughs> of the camera, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of that? Uh, is that going to be happening in a couple of years? What's missing to unlock that fully? Is it just director's technique or preference? What, what's keeping from eliminating the whole pros? processing of of uh film right uh, if i get your question right um i would say it's it's not a, it's not that easy um my bet if you want a bet is still on uh, ar uh googles and glasses that's the most interesting thing there is a lot of uh, huge investment into lead walls but honestly history 
teaches us that anything that is huge, bulky, and expensive eventually will see its way out. Uh, somebody clever will manage to find that uh, awkward and just not optimal anymore, and we will evolve from that. So uh, um, I'm observing, honestly, like everybody else, uh, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable of a betting, jumping on two feet over investing a lot of money on uh, huge lead balls, uh, unless I'm a huge corporation that really can afford to invest and losing money. Uh, because really what I think that is keeping us from having uh, this entire film, an entire film crew uh, on set, uh, visualizing real time, the same thing in AR Googles, is uh, the technology uh, is the current uh, state of the art of the tech of ba batteries. So the reason why AR is very bulky and uh, cumbersome eventually is because it's really demanding in terms of energy. So you would go around like uh, like Ghostbusters with a huge backpack of batteries if you want to actually perform uh, the operation that an Unreal Engine would would be performing. It will drain out of energy in no time. There has been very interesting advancement in battery technology and engineering uh, just the last year, and uh, they are breaking new barriers. So I think the answer is in that. In the, the, the day with, where AR Googles will perform uh, running real-time uh, photorealistic environments uh, over multiple uh, users uh, with fluid response, we will all be shooting movies uh, with little Googles and uh, whatever the world around us uh, uh, is going to be defined by, by you know, uh, I mean, the sky is the limit at that point. And uh, there is still... There is still a lot of a lot of questions, though, about uh, you know real time lighting uh, and how the immersion of an how the immersion of an actor uh, helps the performance of the actor himself or herself. Uh, those things in a half physical environment really change a lot. Uh, if you imagine actors of all generations, especially um, dealing with performances that are completely virtual. It's a very hard transition in what you're asking them to do. Um, maybe new generation is going to take a generational change of actors able to perform with fully virtual uh, interaction with other actors that don't exist. Maybe in so it's very it's very layered. But I think these are the ingredients. We're talking about speculations here, so it's difficult. Yeah, I think it's an added plus for actors with this advancement, at least with the, the lit backgrounds, that they're glad that they're not having to act and imagine things on a green screen. I, I think it's a huge plus. And overall, the end product does improve, right? Because the performance is not just pretending anymore, which is a large part of the <laughs> visual effects. It's I always feel bad when I see those behind the scenes Absolutely, uh, yeah. clips. And, and they're like, imagine a big dragon coming at you. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh my God, you're asking too much. And I think it's yeah. too technical, uh, 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 I, I think, wavered in our favor uh, for post effects to be applied to, to, to kind of make the actors kind of like a side thing now, which, yeah. you know, the camera's on them for a reason, right? Where we want their, yeah to be imparted with them. So if you think about it, it's a bit like, you know, artists in any 
the effects of game industry, uh, sometimes the tech changes so quickly that is much faster than the training process that we yeah. go through, you know? So uh, it's difficult because, you know, the new generations are born with a, with a technology that eventually by the time they are performing as professionals, it's already old. And so you start betting on the newer generation, but then eventually the curve of what we can learn as analog human beings doesn't change as much as fast as the curve was how technology is improving. Uh, so we, uh, as analogic, as analog beasts, as analog monkeys as we are, so we might be left behind eventually. Computers will take over. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the AI generated Steve, Steven Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I pro- I've seen, I've, I forgot how many years back, but I did see like an AI driven, um, like a trailer or something, right? It was something a few years back where we're like a trailer was generated by a, a AI and it was just a few inputs uh, on the human side to say, yeah, I might have seen you know that. Yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of disappeared. Many, yeah. 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 I'm not surprised how many times we had jokes about the trailer generators. Like you can overlap trailers of so many franchises and the formula is always exactly the same. You know? yeah. So, not that surprising. Yeah, I mean, just anything with rules. I mean, we, we generate these rules of how entertainment should be portrayed, right? There's there's definitely uh, uh, a nuance to every genre that we introduce. It's like, all right, with every horror movie, especially movies, right? Because there is a linear path with movies. Mm-hmm. There's three acts to every movie. And then it is very mathematical. Yeah. And it, it isn't so crazy to think that an AI can just take those rules and there are definitely formulas that you can you can apply and in that sense i think video games they have uh, an edge over movies because they're non-linear and there is this uh, sort of i mean the, the, the idea of fun is still a bit of a quicksand subject uh, game design is a bit of a more layered topic to nail properly successfully uh, than uh, you know linear storytelling and uh, visual composition visual storytelling in general uh, you can more successfully plot a product that works using visual storytelling uh, rule books. Uh, it's a bit harder to pull out a fun experience um, out of strict rule books. A small shift in the in in the way you apply rules, you know, in in a game, in a game, in balance, in in the mechanics, can really can really decide, uh, you know, it's, it's a very elusive topic, uh, fun sometimes in games. So maybe that one is something that's a bit more difficult to put down in uh, in an AI system. There was an interesting part of your talk that I remembered. So obviously now we're, we're seeing the convergence. It's here, right? It's happening. Movies are, are taking advantage of the tool set that game developers have been enjoying for a while for real-time feedback. And then uh, gamers are always have been borrowing from movies for inspiration um, for, for as long as it's been around. But there is this third uh, lane that I feel like it's starting to be uh, explored. And you kind of talked about a bit like when these tools are available and and uh, and the layeredness of games being an advantage over film, there's going to be a third uh, avenue where where we're seeing it a bit with um 
Netflix was playing around with a bit where they were making uh, shows and movies interactive or you pick your own adventure type of things, right? We, we saw that with, um, what, what, what is that uh, show that always ends up bad? <laughs> that famous one, I forgot. Um, the Bandersnatch? Yeah, that one. But that 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 show itself, and then um, and then the one with the technical uh, warnings and stuff. Ah, it's completely slipping my mind. Let me look. At it. It's gonna kill me. <laughs> I think it was think, Zodiac, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the. It's that British show that everyone likes. Mosaic, Mosaic. Uh, Kevin, he'll try it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so well, whatever the case, there is this third medium yeah. which like choose your adventure mm-hmm. that's being explored, and they're they're kind of testing the grounds but uh, i would love to kind of hear uh you kind of retracing those steps that you talked about and and what is that future when mm-hmm. it's not exactly games and it's not exactly movie it's going to be its own thing and it's kind of riding off of what you're saying about ar powered entertainment right once they figure yeah. out the battery problem it's going to be a, a whole set of different directors whole generation of content uh makers to make this third lane possible yes i think it's uh it's a it's an interesting limbo that uh, it also comes from this this sort of sad uh, realization of seeing movies especially mainstream movies really being over and over same 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 right uh, and it's just like sequel of sequel and prequel and sequel and then eventually you're watching the same soup preserved and reheated um and games uh, are not yet there. is a is a younger medium, but I, I don't think there are two. I mean, they are sort of in the same trajectory. There are lots of lots of products that are sort of starting to to feel like lacking ideas and going for scale rather than rather than you know novelty. Um, so uh, seeing both games and movies, you know, endangered by this saturation of contents. Uh, uh, it's cool to see that they might, you know, gain from each other uh, the best ingredients that they have, and and then have this like hybrid future where where uh, they would influence uh, each other. And uh, you know, the the choose your own adventure kind of situation is is a bit of the most probably the first idea that would come at mind. Um, but if you think about it, like in the moment where we have a movie that it's already been shot in a virtual environment, like because imagine that it's, it's being fully realized inside of a non-existing virtual world that is fully photorealistic and the crew was on in that world when they were shooting. Uh, in the moment that that data is actually, how to say, um, affordable to run uh, in uh, home computer systems and today home computers are insanely powerful um you might want to you might have to just think of reproposing the movie world for uh, the audiences to use to step in you know imagine like you watch a movie and you like it and then you just like walk inside of it back again um this is why in the talk I, i've been mentioning a crazy thing as like uh, um emergent movie making which would be like movies made uh, with multiple things happening. I don't know if you remember a movie like, for example, like Quentin Tarantino, it was uh, Four Rooms. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino and Altman, those um, like uh, postmodern directors of like the 90s, they were experimenting a lot with telling you the same story from multiple perspectives. And it was so interesting, right? You would discover certain things about uh, a story, but then eventually they would tell you the same exact story back in time and they would tell you what was happening 
in the same moment, but in the, in the next room. And, uh, and you would figure out element, including ingredients of the same story. They would just like twist your reading of the same story. So we might want to ju just to think of movies that are crafted that way with the idea of like, uh, well, I I, I, me as a director, I give you one take on the story, but then you as an audience, you step in and you make you, your own movie or you just, you know, just like exploit the world more. Um, it's an idea that actually puts its roots in sandbox games or in even stuff like dreams or even Minecraft when it's not just about what we as content creator force you to experience, but it's also giving you something that, that you can pull out something out of it with your own hands as a, as a player, as an audience. Um, so it's this hybrid situation that, uh, that is, uh, that is really attractive. And that's also, about the reasons and the, the spirit behind having set up these Treehouse Ninjas studios and having tried to keep it hybrid with people from movies and people for games and see if we can get an edge over, you know, embracing these, these, these thoughts and catching trains that might pass and they might be very invisible to the, the most people. And maybe we can try as an independent studio experimenting things that you, as a corporation, you really cannot yeah, it's huge. Well, I would love to kind of dig into that a bit. You, you, get, you mentioned you you got a group of your friends and colleagues together uh, to to experiment, you know, to to pave the future. You're a very introspective guy, obviously. A lot of your thoughts are very intriguing. I, I wish we had more <laughs> uh, dedicated game developers thinking like this because I do think I've said it many times on the podcast. If there were if we ever were to head towards the matrix, right, which is the ultimate. Uh, not goal, but I would say the danger, right? It would be a game developer. It would be, be powered by Unity or Unreal, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's really, you know, everything's converging to that point. Um, but uh, I believe you guys are, are in Hungary, Budapest. Right? We are, yeah. Okay. So, like, how did that... Did you have a background in creating startups? Like, that must have been an adventure in itself, right? I would love to kind of it hear has. more of that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, that's where, where uh, my partner Zoltan comes at play because he, he's, a, he's the producer, right? I am, I'm the creative director. He's the managing director. So this is that kind of stuff when somebody asks me, lots of people obviously dream about having their own studio and setting things up. And I always suggest if you're an artist, uh, really consider uh, partnering with uh, with somebody that is a production person somebody that has that mindset we we are two archetypes of brains that are very different the artist is the artist the producer and the manager is the producer and the manager we find ourselves collaborating a lot because we need to understand each other needs of course and that takes a lot of experience for an artist to get into the production mindset and for a production for the producer to get into the artist mindset uh, but in general I, I can't imagine you know dealing with all the the, the, the classic bureaucratic taxation laws and things uh, uh, not to mention that my Hungarian is literally non-existent so I wouldn't even be able to handle <laughs> handle it um, so it was very lucky that we met and we we got in line with many of the basic principles that we believe into in what makes a working environment uh, successful 
and motivating. This is a bit behind the, what's behind the, the name of the company, which is Treehouse Ninjas, right? It's a bit of a synthesis of a treehouse is a, is a place that is welcoming, you know, it's, it's a place where you as a kid, you want to be in. It inspires you some nice vibes. Uh, and, and, uh, but at the same time, ninjas is what brings back that kind of dimension of, okay, but we are people that delivers, so, you know, you don't just like, uh, youngsters playing around with things. Uh, we know our stuff. <laughs> and so I guess this, it was this lucky alignment of planets that this of stars <laughs> that, uh, we decided to go for it. He, we were tired about the same things of our previous experiences at work and we say let's 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 just forget about corporate environments together and set up our own thing i see like i, w- I would love to hear more of your background i know you you came from both movies and games before trios mm-hmm. ninjas and you guys are i'm looking forward I'm, I'm watching you guys because what you are talking about what you you get you know the spirit behind trios ninjas I, I really do think you're you guys are the trend centers, uh, for, for what, what's next. Um, and like you said, I, I, I I do really believe it's like the smaller studios, they're always innovating. And, um, you're, you're a little bit special, man. Like when I saw your talk, I was like, this guy really sits down and thinks about these things. (laughs) That's most game developers think about, uh, you know, the next paycheck or going home. Right. But like Mm -hmm. the, the, Ah, the, you think so? Yeah. Well, I feel like most of them, I mean, like maybe outside of engineers and designers, it's more about the next project and like a game idea, but to kind of take 10 steps forward, like you do, at least from what I thought in that talk, it's like, wow, he's really thinking about the future of entertainment like in a way that that's probably what's sticking ar- around with corporate environments that just yeah. drives you to to you know uh, like the the brain power that i experienced around me in both game and movies is insane like i've been sitting in environments where i would feel that the combined brain powers of the people around me was was ridiculous ridiculous and we were applying it to things that we could have like been working on the first man of Mars if we really converted mm-hmm. the same yeah. brain power yep. into something else. Yeah, I, I really believe that. I, I think, you know, everyone's like championing, rightfully so, Elon Musk and all his like, you know, his next idea, what he's working on. And of course, the biggest talk right now is AI. And when I look back at engineers and games, it's like, man, we've been creating AIs forever, <laughs> doing like stupid stuff on on the streets of GTA. But it's just, you know, that's what that's what we put our efforts in into entertainment. But I feel like the same people would be on the bleeding edge of, you know, uh, worldwide technology if they were applying in these tech companies with the same knowledge. And I do actually have friends. Uh, that were engineers in games that are working at these AI companies after, you know, layoffs or <laughs> deciding mm. to move on, you know? Uh, mm. So it's, it, I do see that transition of if we wanted to apply outside of entertainment, our skill set, which we are seeing with what you were saying with the Virgin Movie Games, like, you know, knowing Unreal, knowing Unity before used to be for games, but now I see people at Tesla, people at Google, Facebook, Doing the same mm-hmm. thing they were doing before, but with a different purpose. And it just makes me feel really proud that game developers are are having that security, first of all, but also uh, having influence outside of just games. Uh, and, yeah. and it's not to devalue games. Games are super important. And I think, if anything, we still need games to push the innovation and then yeah. apply those tools elsewhere. 
Uh, I do think in other areas, there seems to be a limitation because if anything, I, I, I'm sure, you know, engineers, they're really bored at these tech companies all the time, <laughs> fixing yeah. email notification codes at Netflix or, or something like mundane and slow. Uh, yeah. And it seems like the, the, the growth happens when they're working on games the most that really pushes uh, the limit. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a double-edged thing, though, anyway. The, the, a lot of the layoff... I mean, it's like all the business about crunch, uh, never-ending uh, talks about unionizing and whatnot. Uh, a lot of that uh, also lies in the, how desirable the, glam, the, the creative um, spirit behind the game industry and movie industry. You know, it, it, this attractiveness of, 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 of the, the entire the entire movie and game production uh it brings in so many fresh young uh, um talent uh, that is sort of how to say um so much soaked in illusion um that eventually it's illusions of being hyper creatives and and sometimes you don't realize that you what you're facing is a natural job you're going to be told what to do and you're going to have to execute it right and uh you're not necessarily going to be doing everyday things that you like and you're not going to necessarily be putting your own personality and creativity in it so this is why i say it's a double-edged sword right because sometimes these 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 um other jobs that uh, in other jobs i would say that they are a little bit more boring it's easier to say I'm gonna go home at six, right? I I I I don't put I'm not putting my heart inside of this thing. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, like putting your heart can go out of control sometimes and and bite you in the ass if you think about it. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think I've always attributed with office politics with being in the office. Now that the whole world is remote, uh, I'm I'm also seeing the opposite effect of people overworking to their own <laughs> detriment, right? Because mm. our computer's right there. I didn't get to this one thing earlier today, but now I can. And I'm, I'm finding myself and others, they're working more self-imposed rather than a producer telling us to do so, which is another yeah. surprise. I, I didn't really think would be the case. Um, yeah. Even, even working from home for a while before the pandemic, uh, I now I'm starting to see that, oh, okay, so creativity, it, it just kind of needs that, I think, sometimes uh, because mm -hmm. it strikes us when it strikes us, right? It's not a clock in, clock out type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Yes. Dangerous. I'm horrible at that. I'm horrible at that. I live, plus I live in an um, in open space apartment, so I don't even have a door. The computer is <laughs> looking at me from the other yeah. side, you know, constantly. And if, I think, thankfully, in Hungary, we don't have uh, uh, super strong restrictions. We are now working from home, but uh, I can, uh, I basically brought back my workstation at the office and I go there. I'm alone <laughs> working mm -hmm. at the office, but I go there and I find concentration. And then when I detach from job, uh, I am back home and I don't have a computer at home. Uh, I'm really bad at doing that. Yeah, I'm managing that properly. Yeah, the separation of home and work is yeah. difficult when it's at home as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to kind of talk about, <clears throat> you, you were mentioning about, sorry, 
emergent gameplay, right? So one of the things that I've been pretty vocal about in recent years, uh, how I really miss the single linear player experience in games, right? That's Mm -hmm. been kind of diminishing. You know, I grew up on Metal Gear. I grew up on Final Fantasy, and those are very linear. Even though Final Fantasy is like RPG, it's still a very linear story, and I play through those games because of the story. And uh, because of streaming, because of other reasons, uh, single-player games have kind of been on the decline in, 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 in people purchasing them and people making them, right? I think mostly because of people not making them as much, unless they're like an indie studio. So the reason why I bring that up is, uh, you know, obviously that is uh, inspired from movies, right? You know, how do we place you as the main character in a linear story. And that's naturally the evolution of games. Uh, With the emergent gameplay, what I am excited about is kind of like what you're kind of mentioning with the four rooms, four different perspectives. That's another way of telling a singular linear story, but in a way that starts to make sense for this generation of game developers and consumers. Um, I don't know if it does require new technologies like AR or anything. I would like to kind of hear your thoughts about where that can, what that can look like. Um, the evolution of single player linear experiences. Would it be through games or is it going to be this new genre that is outside of games and movies or the hybrid approach? Um, well, uh, at, at this point, I mean, if we speak about limbo, I don't even, we don't even have to make a life as hard to, you know, just stick with games and movies. And we might even just like relax and think about like a hybrid, but just something that is not either is not one and is not the other. Um, I don't, I don't feel the force to, to call something a movie product or a game product. I, I'm okay with like some kind of talking about an experience. Uh, it's a world. Uh, it's, you know, probably at some point we will have its own definition. Um, Total recall. But it, <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, um, it's also it's also a matter of tastes. You know, certain people, and also a matter of what mood you're in, because sometimes you do enjoy a little bit more of passive experience. So just like, just tell me a story, take me into it. I don't want to participate at all. Some other times you feel, you know, proactive and you watch like, I want to drive. I want to be, you know, making the story the way I, I, uh, I want. Um, certain people prefer one, certain other prefer the other. So I think, I think it's, it's very open. And uh, if your question is, if it's going to be more of a, a movie thing or, or a game thing, it's, 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 I don't know an option for me because it's, it's cool. It's, it, we will we, we live and see, I guess. We will wait and see. Does it make sense, my answer? Or is completely yeah, of course. Place? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a work in progress. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, we, we saw that thing with Netflix. They tried it a couple of times. I don't know where, you know, they left with that, with Bandersnatch and, and even um, the Survivor show. My kid was loving it. That's what I saw. I was observing him, mm-hmm. how he was consuming it. And he basically spent way more time watching 
the Survivor uh, Beer Grills uh, show uh, than he normally would because he was just seeing all the different options. And it was very interesting. I, I think with doing something like through just a movie medium like Netflix was kind of restricting mm-hmm. a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw that he loved the fact of seeing all these different branches of scenarios telling the same story, but he was choosing his, his own adventure, like how he wants to consume the show. Yeah. And it was very cool to see he was like eight or nine at that age, just watching this to see yeah. how he's reacting to that. And I, I, I I hope they keep going with that because, again, I think it's like the uh, knee-jerk reaction of like this model, but it's going to take a couple iterations to fully realize what this is, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely, yeah. But I think the the mystery factor of this limbo that we're talking about is probably part of 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 the of the you know how why is attractive. Um, sometimes uh, if you just think like certain fields of science, uh, like neuroscience, for example, of the human brain in general, or like cosmology and astrology, there are, astronomy, there are certain science that literally they move or pick those fields specifically for how little we know about it. And that's the fascination of it. It's just like something that we not have, don't have a clue. And you buy a book that is the edition of 2017, and then the same edi- the same book by the edition of 2020 has got seven new chapters of stuff that we had didn't have a clue about <laughs> just a few years before. Um, th- that that's cool for content creators as well, especially when you start getting a little bit more of a in a veteran stage, more older, and you are you're just looking for challenges and things to discover. Then this sort of undefined, uh, weird uh, limbo situations are full of <laughs> full of good things to step mm-hmm. on yeah uh, well speaking of that you know besides the limbo we are in a pandemic and um theater chains are kind of falling apart right now i don't see them ever returning to what it was before um mm-hmm. I, I think people are starting to realize I mean, I feel like the movie theater experience has been on a decline for a while. That's why they keep raising up the prices. Uh, mm-hmm. Because a month later, the movie's on your your console or, or Netflix or something, right? That you can purchase. And the distribution of from projector screen to your inside your home is so much quicker. Like Sometimes they have it ready to go. They just go through the theater thing, right? I mean, that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always look at the Disney experience of how they evolve the theater experience. And enhances it as kind of like this is where movies need to go. I, I feel like uh, to fill up these rooms, uh, and kind of like what VR was kind of doing with these arcades to introduce people to the system, but setting up something that most people can't experience at home. That's why they you get them outside their homes, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would love to kind of hear your thoughts of what do you think the movie going experience, if it's going to involve or can it involve? to enhance the movie watching experience or is it going to be a more collaboration stage after this limbo is figured out uh, to kind of put people back in the seats again? Yeah. um, I mean, uh, tricky to tell. Um, The the theater... The theater was getting crazy, crazy expensive anyways. It was being... was becoming a bit cumbersome. 
um, contents were not as much worth it anymore. If you only exclude some, you know, uh, independent, uh, maybe shorts, movie screenings, uh, um, refreshing contents of that kind, I'm not that sorry personally to see that uh, uh, stepping aside a bit. The only thing that I would be sorry is certain, it might be certain old school things uh, that I don't know how much you do have in the States, but in Europe, they are very popular. Is this like park screening? I mean, you have drive-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Do, do you still have those or is it just an 80s thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a novelty. I think it, it kind of had a, like a comeback a bit. Uh-huh. Uh just recently because of the pandemic people were staying in their cars to watch movies together <laughs> but, yeah, but, but anyways yeah, yeah. there is a there is a certain magic into just joining with other people and and physically and you know sharing the same space uh, we are analog being anyways so i wouldn't want to you know ditch that completely um everything else uh, it's um I'm not sure I belong to the right generation to answer this because to be honest, it's more about how new generation are, are um, coming up. Uh, I see babies today that uh, they befriend uh, earlier with a tape tablet, with, a, with an iPad uh, before then interacting with their mom and dad. So they spend more time in the early stages with uh, you know swiping right uh, up and down on on a, on a tab on a tablet rather than interacting with uh, analog experiences and uh, there is a lot of like insane multitasking uh, in our lives today especially in younger generations where um you know everybody's getting used to 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 just like bite things rather than have, you know a, a, taste things for a long time, things that take time, things that that require full focus, like a movie theater forces you to have, Uh, you are there and you cannot, I mean, you can go out, but you are stuck with that experience for the next two hours or so. Uh, New generations, they might be wired a bit differently now where you constantly need this hyperload of, of, of tasks and processes in your, in your, in your brain. Otherwise you feel like you, uncomfortable like you're wasting time you're wasting brain 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 running resources um it, it, for for what I, I am concerned personally i love uh, uh, focusing on one thing at a time and this is why i say yeah theater going away i mean old school theaters disappearing uh, for me is more about you know, uh, the speculation that was happening around it and the franchises the saturation of all the business that was starting to rotten a bit um but the idea of an old school sitting in front of some cool story with uh, with friends and people physically uh it's nice however again i recognize uh, i might not be the generation that should uh, define the next step sadly uh, yeah no i agree with you like i think it is asking a lot now to for people to sit down and, and enjoy something for two hours straight I, I think that's why a lot of uh tv shows or like uh series are, are uh, doing better because people can consume something in an hour and then pause and 
leave or, or, or completely watch the whole thing at once at yeah. their expense. Like anything two hours plus is, is starting to be cumbersome for a lot of people. It's like, oh man, do I want to commit to that? Do I want to watch that? I'm finding myself doing that. And I, I that's a great observation with kids. I see the same thing. It's their attention span is a lot lower. Um, yeah. And so to, to ask and watch and, and sit still in a stranger building <laughs> yeah is very different uh i and especially now that they growing up and maybe there won't be theaters it'd be just a thing you do once in a while but it won't be a regular thing anymore um, yeah and it is sad i mean i think we need to have more of those experiences where we're with other people um and I think this pandemic kind of showed us like we can't completely rely on being online and, and social networks to kind of connect. Yeah. Anymore. But if you think about it, it, it might be sad for us because we, we grew up a certain way. So we are wired away. But how right. about if you are born that other way and you're wired away? Maybe it's just natural for me to work uh, remotely with other colleagues. It might work as during this first round, when we are basically collaborating with people that we shared the same room before, so we basically scattered from a from a from an office. Uh, who we're talking to? They are people. The more these uh, you know rounds of work of like projects closing and reopening, so people leaving and join and new people joining, uh, they go on and on, and you we will all be dealing with uh, uh, colleagues that we had never met or we had just like started uh, or just like literally we were introduced to as, a, an, as an outside entity. And then we know rationally that there is, a, there is a person behind that. But eventually, maybe new generation will get wired into considering human interaction more like uh, dealing with other entities than uh, that, that human people, uh, physical, uh, sharing the same space and breathing your breath, bad breath, uh, kind of thing uh, that we have experienced. Uh, so it's really weird if you think about it, uh, because you know it's going to be a different, a different wiring, a different brain, a different way of growing up. Yeah. Uh just remember black mirror <laughs> that's the show i kept trying to i can't believe i forgot but yeah, it's it's uh it's true like if um yeah this new generation if this is how they're gonna get used to meeting people which is mostly online first and it's like a plus if we meet them in person um it's it's a step yeah yeah that's a real wild thought man just just working with colleagues you never met and then somehow have to trust um, through a third party is kind of a weird way of connecting at first. But in fact, if I, if I, if, uh, if I can say, uh, I, I noticed that some of your previous conversations with the other guests, uh, uh, verged a lot on like what's going to be with, uh, you know, uh, after pandemic in the gaming industry and all that. And, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's very difficult to say, and, uh, uh we should be more cautious of making predictions because uh, the idea of uh, of uh, working all remotely this creates a play field that is extremely even uh, and the business of games like any other business eventually 
lives out of supply and demand laws. So uh, as we all know, uh, if you are skilled X and uh, the other person is also skilled X, but the other person lives in a small town in India, I'm in Manhattan, New York, uh, there's very little that we can do to keep you on board and not hire the, that other person, especially, I mean, that might work during this first round, as long as the people are still people. So you are a face that I shared a room with up until a few months ago. When this round of refreshing talents and new hires and, uh, you know, turnarounds of people uh, start uh, leaving behind the idea of people that I shared a room with, and we start developing a little bit more in, into, a, into an entities, like generic entities and collaborators that are scattered around the planet. Uh, when that principle starts like, taking over, uh, there, is gonna be, there's go, there are going to be even less, uh, um, how to say, uh, refrains, restrictions about uh, thinking twice of hiring a person in a convenient country rather than another one that is... Uh, if you think about it, in the moment where we are entities rather than people, uh, those principles don't, don't, don't apply as much anymore. And uh, that would reshuffle a lot of things that even play field is good, but there are lots of things that need to be taken in consideration. And along with that, I would say also the idea of uh, leaving the cities, you know, like leave the, the real estate speculation in the cities is, is insane. And losing that is good. But the reason why people are happy to leave the cities is because they are too crowded, they are polluted, they are noisy, they are not quiet, blah, 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 too many people, no parking and so on. But when people leave, they are not going to be crowded. They're not going to be noisy anymore. They're going to be nice again. So I think it's this, this whole thing will, will resettle back. It's going to be a jungle for a while, and then we will resettle back to a sort of a compromise situation, like, like in between. Um, yeah, I, I think I definitely see that. I mean, I, I like yourself, probably, and many game developers, we, we've always been kind of grouped up in these... The city uh, that's super expensive and takes a while to commute to. And um, I'm already seeing that. I mean, I worked in San Francisco for a while. And uh, I think at first when I was there, I fell in love with the city because it was so different mm -hmm. from where I grew up. And um, slowly I started to see the, the trash and start sniffing <laughs> the mm -hmm. smell of what a city is like that. You're from L.A., right? Yeah, I'm from the L.A., but even lower in that Orange County, which is just suburban mm -hmm. uh, right. life. So um, and, and while I was working there, you know, a lot of locals are always upset because now they can't afford being there uh, because of uh, outsiders kind of pushing them out you know, higher rent mm -hmm. prices and all that. And because of this pandemic, I feel like you said it's evening out the playing field, but also it's, it's returning these cities to taking care of the locals. Um, again, uh, not pushing them out. And, and it's, it was a good slap on the wrist in my opinion, because, you know, a lot of these places don't have rent control and people are just trying to you know, look out for themselves. And that kind of hurts the infrastructure of what makes a city thriving, right? In my opinion, it's not just 
high rent, right? It's about the people. And if you push everyone out, which is everyone's leaving California right now, uh, because now they realize like, Hey, maybe I don't have to stay and live in a closet for thousands of dollars every day. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, um, it is a reset as you kind of put it that I, I think overall there are some sacrifices to kind of figure out, but overall a better thing. Um, and uh, although competition is higher, like you said, uh, candidate X versus another candidate X with similar skill sets, but is much cheaper. Uh, I think it is healthy for developers and creators to kind of be on their toes because I think there was a certain level of comfort uh, that artists were kind of sitting idle with. And as a, you know, being in the United States, especially I've always felt that was dangerous. Like, you know, you're just, you're just here. That's the only advantage you have. But as soon as that's gone, they're going to hire someone that's cheaper. And that's, you kind of see that with game development. You're always looking for someone cheaper the junior artists are getting scarily good, right? Uh, because of the resources online. And uh, this is another warning shot for for a lot of my senior colleagues to like, hey, <laughs> wake up, stay on your toes, man. Can't yeah. be falling asleep at the will uh, because if, more than ever now, uh, your, your job is at stake. And the answer is not to uh, find solution externally, internally. You got to remember why you love being in this industry and, and be competitive. You know, that's a, I couldn't agree more. To be honest, like all the times that I hear about uh, unionization and crunch time and exploitment of talent, uh, um, yes, uh, so many things do make sense. But what really boils down to the reason why people, most people, I think, struggle to say no, I'm not staying late, uh, is insecurity. And, and, and being afraid of being replaced. So eventually things will boil, boil down to uh, invest in ourselves, invest in, in our own unreplaceability, which is a big word, but like in the moment with what you can do can be replaced quickly by a junior or by uh, even a script. Uh, well, that, that's something that you really have to take action on. Um, so uh, I think that that feeling of confidence of what I do is very valuable and very hard to replace for the company that I work for puts you in the best condition also to say, no, I won't do over time if I don't want to. Uh, it will boil down to that eventually. So this whole leveled play field is just converging towards uh, an ending that uh, uh, like sort of a stabilization that, that involves the, that ingredient, no matter what uh, it's, uh, it feels like it's the way things are going to have to go. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of warning developers for a while, for a few years, because of, I think like most, uh, when we work at these development studios, you're, you're always working with outsourcing, managing with outsourcing. I mean, most studios can't do without external development or outsourcing, as you guys can probably imagine. And then, uh, you know, at first, you know, I remember friends kind of laughing uh, at the idea that that China would uh, would somehow figure that this mystery out of making a game, right? For a while, they, they, they were figuring <laughs> it out. But like, you look at Wukong, which is, you know, the, the Monkey King game that's going viral every day. There's a new screenshot, right? That's a team of 30 Chinese developers. 
And it it, it stands toe-to-toe to to God of War, which is like a thousand plus developers. And I got to stand back. It's like, guys, (laughs) you got to tighten up your belt, man. Start to be hungry again because uh, it's time to really step it up. Look, they've caught up in overpassing us uh, in, in Western development right now. In my opinion, yeah. like the Chinese yeah. are, are scaring me in their speed because they're cheaper, they work faster, and they work 20 hours out of 24. So yeah. if you want to give yourself a chance, you know, better start studying and not being complacent again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There is the aspect of overall of the, you know, biological life changing your performance, uh, which actually I think we are maybe culturally more considered about in the Western countries. Um, So that's where that that exactly where unionization is very important that the idea of like, I'm 50, I'm 40, even just like past 40 you don't have the same edge and energy. So when you are 25, that's it. Yep. It's a, it's, that's it. It's nature. And so that is something that we, it makes sense to protect each other and understand a little bit. Uh, but you know, that doesn't justify somebody that is like 26 years old and, uh, just trying to find excuses to, uh, not having the confidence to refuse over time. Mm-hmm. by calling constantly higher level entities like unions, like the industries, like the managers, like the government and blah, blah, blah. These are all terms that eventually are very um, useful and comfortable for us to delegate uh, the talk and the complaints uh, to things that are very far from us and that away from our own responsibilities which is basically what you just said before mm. yeah. yeah i mean the the idea of unionization is like a whole episode in itself and i'm i'm in the fence with uh with there needs to be protection obviously it, we're a young industry so we haven't hit that mark i think i met my first uh over 60 year old developer uh, maybe five, six years ago. And he was the lead engineer of that company. So I was like, mm-hmm. wow, these guys are rare. I don't really see a lot of over 60 year old or in their late fifties. Yeah. Right. But yeah. more than ever it's happening. Obviously we're aging. Right. And um, we need to start taking care of each other. Uh, and yeah. hold, holding companies responsible because like you said, yeah, there's a deteriorating factor to being creative. Right. There's only yeah. so many lead roles in every company. Uh, so eventually you're going to find yourself competing against a younger self. And it is silly to not educate the younger developers to let them know as a warning sign, like this is going to be you, uh, in 20 years. And I think I agree with you. A lot of youngsters don't think that far. They're just trying to get theirs, uh, and move on with their life. Um, and Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, we just don't have that tying factor right uh an organization that take that thinks about these problems uh and 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 fighting for us on behalf of game developers worldwide and and it's weird and it's one of those controversial things where it doesn't have to be uh and it's dividing us a bit and we have yet to have any forward momentum i think a few years back there was some but now it's kind of dying down again Um, yeah it goes in waves it goes in waves and it's sad because you know 
both you and I are getting older, dude. And eventually we're going to be, <laughs> our ideas are not going to be worth anything <laughs> because we're, we're yeah. so out of it. Uh, and it is scary to think that our industry, even though it's so successful, even during a pandemic, even during the housing crisis of 20, uh, 2008, right. That we don't have anything in place to take care of each other. Um, at a certain age, um, it's funny. You're scaring me a bit now. <laughs> about yeah, it. no, but I, I don't want to be yeah. sad. I don't want to be like yeah. negative at, at all. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just actually, I want to be positive because, because to solve problems, eventually you want, you want to just like tackle, you know, in Latin countries, we say to take the bull by the horn, mm-hmm. uh, which means it's just like get down to the problem is, is eventually talking about governments and unions and, and it, the industry, this, this, this world, the, the industry, it literally does. The industry is the people. It's you, me, and what we do today and tomorrow. Eventually uh, we either get down to that or, uh, yeah, these problems will always stay. Um, the people, the people will make the difference. The people will make the powers when people means you and I, uh, not the industry. Mm-hmm. I will end it with this, right? And this kind of ties back to the overall topic because we are at that one hour mark. Uh, Where I see the convergence of moving games being our own way of carving this path for ourselves of securing our our seniority um, in, in companies that are tech giants that have these retirement plans in place uh because you're probably seeing it too right we have friends at facebook now because of how both these engines are being widely used outside of games we have friends at google we have friends at you know obviously oculus and then uh google uh in many other places right pretty much car companies even like tesla are utilizing unreal developers or unity developers right so to me it's very exciting to be cool all right so for the time being we are taking care of ourselves and I'm, I'm trying to give attention to that as much as possible because it's like we have options now we used to be in this like recycling garbage that is known as game development <laughs> industry <laughs> right but now it's like hey there's avenues now that yeah. pays really well uh really good job security kind of boring but you know overall when you're older uh kind of boring and pays really well sounds really good <laughs> but like yeah. the these are legit companies not in all cases that are probably working on really exciting things um yeah beyond the scope of entertainment so to be fair you know it's all super awesome so it, it, it's a way of again kind of what you're probably warning your colleagues and i'm warning my friends is like keep on your toes pay attention to what's going out there um and do something about it. And now there's avenues to do something about it. You don't have to just keep complaining about your boss at work. It's like you can go to a tech giant company and take care of yourself. It's yeah. really awesome. Work on the Mandalorian. Yeah, you like Star Wars, right? Go work on Mandalorian. It's like, oh, man, it's so awesome. So for, or for make that. Your own company. I'm, yeah, or make your own company. <laughs> make Be the change. It's like what's the yeah, difference yeah. about you being in your office versus being the office for yourself, you know? Now more than ever with the pandemic, it's like th- there's no difference anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, indie mo- indie games are if, personally, if you ask me, in quality and contents, are beating pretty much every yeah. triple A. I, I, if I if I I'm not a big gamer myself, I'm not a frequent gamer, but if I was one, I would mainly look into the indie scene rather than the triple A one. 
yeah, it, it's definitely seeing uh, so many avenues to do things now. Um, I'm really excited about the next couple of years uh, for for many things. What the hybrid uh, industry is going to look like, AR, um, yeah. you know, what Facebook is using oculus as like phones every two months now which is all right they're really innovating on that uh there's a lot of exciting things to do um with that being said like i mentioned before we are the hour mark i want to thank you for for sitting down and 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 (laughs) teaching the the audience but mostly for myself i wanted you to talk uh because you seem so different uh from most developers that i talk to i'm hoping a good sense (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a good thing it's like uh so uh this is where i kind of hand the mic over to you to promote give a shout out give attention to where people can find you uh whatever you want to talk about um, well, you just check out our works, uh, Treehouse Ninja. Uh, by the way, can I say that we are recruit- we're recruiting? Oh, go for <laughs> it, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. That is like sh- shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, we're recruiting. So we're just like looking for, for crazy people that like are very talented and, and want to join uh, our company at treehouseninjas.com. Go for it. And uh, everybody stay safe. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for, for talking. I was super excited to talk to you and I was not disappointed. Uh, you give me a lot of things to think about, <laughs> to plot <laughs> out for myself. Yeah, which is a lot, um, which is good, which is great. Uh, I do want to ask you one last thing. It's like um, you kind of mentioned a little bit about post-pandemic, what life will be, and there's going to be a little limbo state of figuring that out what benefits just to kind of leave on a high note do you see coming out of this uh for for developers of all industries um i think that's that's uh, this this forcing people to be on their own uh, feet on their toes like we mentioned is going to be painful a bit at the beginning but this uh, scenario of uh, um experienced artists and professionals taking different avenues and being more independent uh, it will scatter around the 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 creativity you know and and get everything tied much less to the huge monopolizing corporation that literally limit creativity and uh, and you know, have a, this new renaissance of independent creators that are more modular. You see like Netflix animation, everything is getting this sort of new uh, horizon of, of there is much more driven by smaller entities, smaller creative entities, but centralized by a um, central organization that just, they only report to for a management, from a management standpoint, but eventually the creativity comes from small uh, entities. I think that's that's what's going to happen. It's just more up to smaller things that are created by independent uh, independent people and less centralized, monopolized aristocracy of big studios and production places. If it makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. Uh, I see that's it good. myself. Um, like my friends and family, kind of kind of liking the idea of remote work and being their own boss a bit, right? Although they're employed, right? But their time is now for them (laughs) to decide how to utilize. And that's a huge, at least that was my introduction to uh, entrepreneurship. 
uh, freelancing, any of that. I, I think it's really healthy for artists to kind of have multiple things going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are waking up to that finally, uh, yeah. outside the nine to five stuff. So it's, it's super exciting. That means, you know, more indie projects, more, more creations basically from artists around the world. Uh, eventually, uh, it only leads to good things. Self-management, yeah. more discipline. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more, a few more in poly- politically inc- incorrect things, which I mm. honestly miss from all times. So, you, know, <laughs> you remember those games like Simon the Sorcerer? They were yes. popular on the time. Mm-hmm. If you check some of the jokes in those games, they would never exist today. Impossible. <laughs> they would just be black. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we're <laughs> leaning too far in there. I, I want people to be provocative because it, it promotes thoughts. <laughs> it promotes conversation. Yeah. It promotes yeah. discussion and and if you're playing yeah. safe all the time, we're yeah, it's we're going to 1984 and and in that time frame, and <laughs> it's never it's never good to kind of keep our mouth shut all the time. But uh, I want to thank you, man, for coming on and and letting us inside your mind a bit. Thank you for your invitation. It was a, it was a very nice chat. All right, thanks, you, man. I'll talk to have you a soon. Good evening. I mean, have a good day for you. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> okay, bye bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail feature, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody